On this episode of NC Raw, we welcome my man, Justin Blackburn, to the podcast. He comes to us out of Asheville, North Carolina. He's the owner-operator of a men's recovery home, the Home Center for Men. He's also a person in long-term recovery and a father. And What I got out of the conversation is his experience in early recovery and the insights that he had into starting his own business, a business that is involves being of service and giving back to his community. He really like ingrained himself and kind of learned the business side of things and kind of just like rolled with the punches. Super inspirational guy. Um, great dude to talk to. So I enjoyed the conversation. The podcast, this episode is also brought to you by the Comfort Inn of Silva, North Carolina. There's a hurricane upon us here in Western North Carolina, and the Comfort Inn wanted you guys, the listeners, to know that anybody that may be evacuating from the East Coast, whether it's Florida, Georgia, or North Carolina, they're offering discount rates. Just mention to them that you are evacuating, and they'll offer you a promotional code where you can save on your stay. Telephone number is 828-477-4950. That's all I got for you. So give my boy Justin Blackburn some love. Living the miracle, standing divisible, connected to God in my physical essence of my spiritual presence is visible. Totally leaving you unaware of my mental subliminal. Used to be a criminal, living so minimal, but things have changed in my life. It's going through different intervals. Finding that balance is significantly difficult. Timing is everything, so my timing is critical. Rhyming is literal, the unforgettable. That's why I stand before you impeccably so presentable. I give respect to you, know that I am respectable. I've always wanted acceptance, is that acceptable? I give the rival expected to be exceptional And I'm a grown man, handle business like a professional I am incredible, the unconventional And you stopping me from chasing my dreams is unprofessional The opinions expressed in this podcast are the views of the NCR team and the individuals interviewed We do not consider ourselves to be mental health professionals Our mission is to explore the various pathways to recovery and to give a voice to those affected by or involved in the care of substance use disorders. Some content may be mature for younger audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Justin Blackburn, what is up, brother? What up? Welcome to NC Raw, man. Thank you, sir. Looking forward to having a conversation with you. I appreciate you. My dog, Kayla McCoy. What's up, man? What's mm-hmm. up, y'all? How's everybody doing tonight? Lioness, Kaylin. What's up, y'all? Happy to be here. Coming to you once again from the Comfort in Studios, mm-hmm. Silver, North Carolina. Right here in Silver, y'all. Uh-huh. Main Street. <laughs> yeah, Big baby. Time. <laughs> Big time. Literally. Big so, time. So uh, in the area, they're hunkering down for a, a hurricane that's on the way. And I just wanted to share one message out before we start. 
um, that I was given tonight before we start the show. Comfort Inn is offering discounted rates for people who are evacuating. Wow. So if you hit up the Comfort oh, that's Inn, good. that's good. Yeah. If you if you contact them, let them know that you're evacuating from the East Coast, and they got like a discount rate code already in the computer. Um, again, it's Comfort Inn, Main Street, Silver, North Carolina. We live in the most beautiful area in the country, man. If that's you're gonna nice. evacuate, right here, why not come here? Well, so, how long do you have this room for in case? We get stuck. <laughs> in case we get stuck yeah. here, <laughs> uh, every Monday night, you know, as long as long as you can talk into that microphone. How about right, that? How about good. that? Sounds so, good. what y'all been up to, man? I want to talk real quick before we like uh, get into like the meat and the potatoes of the conversation. How was y'all's weekend? <laughs> yeah, baby, it was amazing. Yeah, we had a good weekend. It was so sure. uh, we went to the uh, the recovery rally, Western region. Yeah, one of the biggest. Uh, recovery rallies they have in Western North Carolina. So um, they had a lot of good uh, music, food, a lot of stuff for the kids to do, some resources. I know I, I told a, a few people to come out and I, I got to meet some people first first time I ever got to meet them. And they before I even got to talk to them, they'd already went around and uh, hit up some of the resource tables. So I said so they got a lot of information. And then I messaged her later that evening, but the one uh, we gave, mm -hmm. or well, we told her, I told her about the meetings, and she went to a meeting. Yeah. So that's awesome. Love it. Um, she did. How did you, you message her? Yeah, I texted her. Okay, cool. So, like, um, overall great experience. It's always great to just get out in the community and, like, talk to um, others who are doing the same type of work that we're doing, right, and continuing to build those relationships. Absolutely. Definitely enjoy the event. Um, I was talking with Lori Clancy today about getting together with you guys, some of my Asheville crew, and just like making this thing a banger next year. It would be lit. Like for real. Like for like, real, like, yes. Plan, starting planning right now. Um, because, you know, this was the fourth annual Western North Carolina Regional Recovery Rally, and they kind of had the same format and the same setup all four years. And so like it gets to the point where like, you know, in order to keep interest, right? Switch it up. You gotta switch it up a little bit. You gotta right. you gotta offer different things that because like people who went last year, they know what's there, right? right? They know what vendors are there, they know what what the setup is like. So like I think and just if we could collectively bounce some ideas off of each other over the next six, eight months, we could literally turn that thing into like they advertise it as the biggest recovery rally in the state. Wow. What if it was the biggest recovery rally in the country? Jeez. Right, right. Because, I mean, who and, – and getting people, you know, that aren't in – I mean, I guess what is it geared, geared towards? That's is it what geared we talked about towards today. people that's in recovery, like a celebration of recovery, or is it geared towards bringing people that aren't necessarily there yet but getting them, you know, at least to step foot out on the grounds and – communicate I think that bit. we need to do more outreach before the events I think I, I the opportunities outreach. that I identified like in conversations are um, the recovery allies right the people who might not normally attend an event like that right like the people that are just sitting around on a Saturday watching college football mm -hmm. who's who just re who recovery addiction isn't even on their radar right inviting those folks out and then also people in early recovery. 
But how do you how do you get to them? How do you invite them out if you're not knocking on doors? You know what I mean? That's, no, that's, that's, that's how. what it's going to take. But it's going to take every single person to yeah. do that. Like I sent out five, six invitations to people throughout the week. We kind of talked about it on the podcast last week. I sent out five or six invitations to people who had no intention on coming, who didn't know about it. I oh, you were know, you were one of them, man. Yeah, I yeah. didn't know about and it. And like out of those five or six people, a few of them made it. You know what I mean? Like we saw some, a mutual friend, somebody mm-hmm. or somebody yes. mutual yes. who like I personally invited. Was like, hey, this is going on. It's family friendly event. He brought his daughter, right? Somebody who doesn't really isn't really involved in the recovery circles, right? Brought his two year old daughter out. I talked to him after. He had a blast, right? Wow. He's like, I felt at home. I made some great mm-hmm. connections. I got to witness these testimonies. My daughter played in the bounce house. She got her face painted. Like, it was a, a hell of a day. <laughs> like, I had a, I, it was something that, like, it, it provided that, like, value to him in his place of recovery and his process of recovery. So, like, but it's going to take, like, a hundred of those. Yeah. Like, you inviting 10 people, you inviting 10 people, you inviting 10 people bringing our crews together in order to make that thing the biggest recovery rally. And asking the questions like, what will it take for, to get you there? Right. You know what I mean? what, what Ooh, do you want to see? Yes. Uh, the, I mean, going into the dope houses, you know, where nobody else, obviously, you know, you have to be careful doing that, but a group of people going into the dope houses and being like, <laughs> you don't go there and get, you might get hooked up, you know what I mean? But, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> but where nobody else wants to go, man, because that's where, that's where we're going to make a difference. That's what we're trying to do is to get people into recovery, you know, and, and show them a new lifestyle. And so if they don't never, they're never exposed to the people that's in recovery, how are they going to that, That's what we did before our, our first event. We went around town, uh, uh, we had like free meal tickets, which all the food there was free, but well, it, ours well, ended up being. I mean, at the recovery rally, it was offering. Yeah, but yeah, you know, race, just yeah. going around uh, or maybe like doing a big raffle or something, mm-hmm. something nice. You know, if that's the biggest recovery rally, yeah. let's do something nice. And then mm-hmm. just going out and be like, hey, here's a free raffle ticket. Come to an event, come check it out. It's gonna I know we've been talking about doing another Race Hope event in March. So, oh. but on, you know, that's on the horizon as well. Mark your calendars. <laughs> yeah, March, third weekend of March, I believe it is. Mark your calendars, Justin Blackburn. Yeah. I mean, that's what it takes, yes. you know. Like, we see people walking up and down the road, what, and I'm sure they got, you know, they're like, oh, gosh, there's that Hummer. It's turning around. Weeping <laughs> 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 it around, like, hey, what's up? You know, sure. y'all come out to the to our event and... I mean, that's what but there were take. some people that yeah, came. Yeah, they did. Here comes they Caleb. Did. He's either going to ask me to run with him or he's going to invite <laughs> me to a recovery event. <laughs> For real. <laughs> <laughs> ducking off in the bushes, man, hiding from, <laughs> hiding from the Red Hummer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, man. That's funny, but that really has happened. <laughs> I, I wouldn't doubt it, man. I can't tell you that I wouldn't hide first, too. I, I thought about you this morning, man. I thought about you this morning as the sun was coming up, man. Did you go run? I did a little bit, yeah, this morning. Oh, you did a little bit? Yeah. What, what do you mean you did a little bit? Well, at the top of my, my mountain, there, like I said, there's like a little dirt road that goes in a circle. It's like a track, and it's probably a quarter of a mile. So four laps around the thing is a mile. Mm-hmm. I ran three of them, and I walked the fourth one. Okay. Then I had to get going. Yes. To, get going yes. to what time? What time was that? Uh, literally, as soon as the sun came up. I was up at like 6, and I was like making coffee and feeding the dogs, did some stretching in the living room. As soon as I had like some dusk, enough dust to get out there and do it, I was I Did was you have a two-piece so, yoga? Yeah, I was in my two-piece yoga, <laughs> yoga suit. Um, that... To continue on from you the, gonna have to take a selfie in that thing. Let's yeah, get I will, that out there. I will. Instagram, <laughs> yeah. NC route Instagram coming soon. 
All of the pictures that you hear can be found at my Instagram. <laughs> and it's two At NC Raw Steve. At NC Raw Steve. Before we get down to business, man, we do want to recognize some folks in recovery. Oh, yes. Who are doing some killer work. Some of our audience members who have dropped their recovery dates and are celebrating this week. We want to give them some love and let them know that we see you and we see the work that Mm -hmm. you're doing. Salute. Candace Kent of Bryson City. Yes. She'll be celebrating. She celebrated two years on the 8th. So on Saturday, she celebrated two years in recovery. Oh, yes. Awesome job, Candace. You got a ton of love from NC Raw. I went to school with Candace. Did you? Yeah. Went to school with Candace. She was a couple of grades behind me. What? You're amazing? Oh, yes. I said she's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to hear it loud. You're amazing, girl. And Laura Stevens is yes. celebrating three years on the 15th this weekend. So She is you such... Yes, she is so Five good. Five more days. Five more days. So tons it. of love. I heard there was like some... On the res this weekend, there was some conversations about... Should we, should we oh, go there or no? I think we should. Yeah, want to do that? Because I was. Yeah, even, I, I mean, was, we're going to handle it. You yeah, know, the way we're supposed to. I'd like to. I'd like to know what Justin's thoughts are on this because okay. that's not even on my list of things to talk about. Um, <laughs> but there was like a lot of kind of heated debate this weekend yeah, over negativity. on the res about people broadcasting, tweeting, Facebooking all of their recovery successes, and people that aren't in recovery. Hey, before we get started yeah. on that, can I just say this real quick? Yeah, what you got? Toot my horn a little bit. So I was, I was scrolling, uh-huh. and it came up, uh-huh. and uh, from a year ago, I had made a post about being seven months, mm-hmm. so I'm 19 months as of yesterday. Oh, gracious. Good stuff. Yeah, girl. My baby. Yeah, All right. Too. I got you on my list, man. I got you on my list. <laughs> real soon. I mean, that's important, yeah. you know? Absolutely. When you're coming from a place where just... All you could think about was getting high or, you know, you you in and out of jail or all the destruction and then being able to say, wow, I've stayed, I haven't stuck a needle in my arm or I, I haven't got high or I haven't done this and that for this amount of time when it was so hard to do it. It's, I think it's huge, you know, it's a huge thing to be celebrating and shout out. And So well, what was the controversy? Go ahead, Caleb. I think Caleb can explain it a little bit better because I, I didn't read it. I didn't read Somebody it. Somebody had made a post saying our, that our friend Rachel had done a live video. That's how it got started. Yeah. <laughs> so it was. We don't want to put anybody on I mean, specifically, but just like the context of. No, we're it? not putting. No, yeah, yeah. no, we're not putting her out there like that. She she just done a live from the from the rally the rally right. Uh-huh. So people started Honestly, attacking us. Yeah, it, it was. That's the whole. That's why how it came about. Okay. It, it was directed towards us. But anyways, um, they the <clears throat> the boy just said you know talking about people making a post about their recovery, their recovery time, celebrating. And he was like, he said something about people working every day. Um, they, they work every single day. They live life the way that they're supposed to. So, you know, just... And they don't get a pat on the back. Right, yeah, much. yeah. They, said, they, so, don't, they don't ask posts. for praise. They don't yeah. get a pat on the back. You don't get a pat on the back and for that, going to work every day. You don't get a pat on the back for raising your kids. You don't get a pat on the back for paying your bills on time. Right. So why should people that's in recovery, you know, feel basically like they needed that attention? 
to get on mm-hmm. there and make a big. They're thing just doing about it for it. the spotlight. Blah blah blah. That type of stuff, you know. And said just to stay sober, sit down and shut, shut, your, shut, shut your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw a lot of um, but a lot I was, of educated responses to that, and I didn't see a lot of like the typical social media banter, attacking. It was all like, um, and y'all might have seen more than I did. But uh, it was all. Go ahead. It was all, most of what I saw in response to that were um, pretty respectful explanations of like, kind of like why we behave the way that we do and why we do the things that we do. There could have been other stuff out there. So I, I just want to say, yeah, what you got? My, my recovery <laughs> is, you know, a huge part of my recovery is faith-based. And... As a as a follower of Jesus Christ, you know I'm supposed to love those that hate me, bless those that curse me, and pray for those that despitefully persecute me because that's what keeps me free. That's what keeps me from getting back into that whole mentality that that addictive, you know, that behaviors that lying and backbiting and gossiping and you know all that stuff that comes with you know when I was using that keeps me out of that. And plus, man, I, when I say, like, I, I, I pray for you and I, I speak life, love, and blessings, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Like, mm-hmm. I, I was that. I was that one, you know, at one time. I would talk talk bad about people. I would run my mouth and put people down for, you know, something I didn't understand. But, you know, that's you just got to leave them where they're at. What does it go back to? What do you mean? Education. Stig- it's stigma, right? Yeah. It's the stigma of being a person in recovery and somebody that hasn't either directly or indirectly experienced the level of suffering that addiction causes and not truly understanding, um, understand, understanding the underlying causes and consequences. The words we use are more powerful than the substances we're addicted to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you know, if it was somebody else that had, was in early recovery and they started bashing them, what would that look like? You know what I mean? If you ain't got nothing nice to say, sit down and shut up. And I think <laughs> Plain it, simple. it goes back to just like our culture these days as far as how we communicate, right? We've like, in the last 20, 25 years, we've gained this ability, this access, this form of communication through the internet that we all think that our opinion matters, right? Like that we have a voice and the way that we choose to express ourselves is on this keyboard right here, right? Typing away. In my opinion, I'm right. And I said, I'm right. You know, my opinion matters. You better listen to me. Right. And the reality I look at it almost the exact opposite. And I talked about this a few weeks ago, but I look at the exact opposite, that if somebody like has a different opinion than me, I want to listen to you, right? I want to, I want to hear why you feel the way that you do. Not so that I can respond to you, but so that I can try to relate to you, right? You talk about meeting people where they're at. It's the same thing mm-hmm. through this form yeah. of communication. And like it's going to take us a long time as a culture, as a society, to learn how to use this form of communication in a healthy way. Well, you know, to be honest, with half of the things that I see out there these days, I mean, you know, if you're posting about something positive like that, I don't really think that it even necessarily matters, you know, whether people understand or or what their opinion is of it. I mean, 
Uh, you know, I see so much stuff out there these days that if somebody actually um, feels convicted to get up there and say, hey, I've been through this and, and look at where I'm at now, um, you know, let it flow. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, yeah. all that other stuff, you know, you know, worry about that stuff. It's a little early for Scrooge. Started busting out in September. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's a constant on there. I, think. I mean, that's why, as a, as a Christian man, that's what we're called to do is to is to, to share that. That's it. You know, yep. Revelation twelve eleven. We defeat him by the blood, blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We're supposed, and that's you know, and we can't fault him. They don't understand that. They don't know that. They don't you know. Uh, I pray that, you know, for salvation in their life, what, you know, whatever that is that they're dealing with, I, I, I pray for, you know, peace and release from those things. That's all I can do. I'll tell you all a little story that happened to me yesterday that is somewhat stigma-related. However, it is an opportunity to educate on this, this sort of topic. And I don't—hopefully this, this doesn't get me in trouble— because um, I don't know. Bring I, it. I don't know. If, uh -oh. I don't we know love if I controversy. Wrong, Come on. That's why. That's why I'm going there. I don't know <laughs> if I should really be talking about this, but check this out. So my refuge recovery fellowship, we meet at a spiritual center located here in town um, every Sunday night. Right? We've been with them for a little while. We pay a small fee to use their space. We have a great working relationship with this spiritual center. The, they have decided, the spiritual center has decided that they are going to be moving into a new location. They found a little mm -hmm. bit more affordable um, place that like includes utilities. It's, just, it's, a, it's a business decision, but they're moving into a new location, right? So they found a new, a new place to, um, to hold their weekly uh, kind of services and they have invited us to move along with them, right? And so I got a phone call from the lady who runs the spiritual center last night. And she said, hey, we want you to come with us, but I need you to do something. And I was like, what's that? She said, I need you to call, contact this gentleman who owns the new building that we're moving into. He is a little bit hesitant to have a group like yours in his property, on his property, meaning like a recovery group. Right. Right. Former drug users. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so tomorrow's my afternoon off. That's why I wasn't going to go to like the rest hope because I got to give this gentleman a call and he wants to meet me face to face, talk to him in order for him to approve us to be a part of their, um, their fellowship, right? And we're there once a week for one hour, Sunday nights for one hour. His concern is that he's recently remodeled the place and he doesn't want us to trash it. <laughs> because, Party it. because we do. Party yeah, because we do. Nails and blood splatters on the wall. And, <laughs> and so, like, it's just amazing that, not that, I, like, watching myself and the way that my mind works, right? My initial response was anger, mm -hmm. right? But I didn't let it get to me. I like recognized it and I, I stopped myself. And I was like, Steve, I'm like, this is an opportunity to literally practice what we preach on here. Yes. Right? Come on. And, mm -hmm. to, and to spread the word to this gentleman that 
we are people in recovery. We are human beings. We are living a lifestyle, mm-hmm. right? We have our lives back, right? And hopefully that, that will um, change the way that he looks at us yep. collectively. Come on. So I was just kind of like, at first, man, I was, I was fired up, bro. And I was at work, dude. I was at work. I got the call. Are you kidding me? And I tried. I had to be like respectful. Who does this guy like, think he is? No I, no, I immediately looked him up on Facebook. I was like, "Who is this cat, dude? Yeah, find this dude." And I was like, "On Truth Finder." He's just a normal dude, man. He's just like he just does. He's never. Yep. He hasn't experienced it. He's never been in that realm. He doesn't know like, you know, what it's all about. So it's an opportunity. And. I'm sorry. This is just made it yeah. stand, jump out to me. Is you said it's it's somebody over a, a church, or well, he just owns he just owns the building. Yeah, the spiritual oh, okay. center is renting from. Okay, him. okay. So he's approved mind. them to to use the space. Right. But he was just now, what was where was you getting? I was just thinking like the whole beating you know beating someone over the head with religion that could you know definitely turn people off from one. Mm-hmm. You know, well, if that's that's people that are supposed to be Christian or whatever beliefs that they mm-hmm. follow, then how can they act like that? But never mind if it's just the guy owner. <laughs> What's up, Justin? <laughs> <laughs> well, you not too much, man. I'm just. How did uh? How did you get to this point in your life where you get a message from me? Saying, hey, you want to come on the podcast and talk to us? Did you message me or did I message you? I don't know. We're kind of back and forth. There's some stuff. I don't know. Oh, man. Uh, Well, I came out here to uh, Western North Carolina in 2014. Loved it. Loved it. Um, You know, by way of Charlotte, big city, uh, just mountain life, you know, smaller town feel. I got kids, so, you know, decided to stick around and... um, I've always had it in me to help people. Uh, I wasn't quite sure how that was supposed to look, and I was blessed to get a house. And so I kind of took that shape, took that form, and just uh, jumping out there in the community. Um, You know, you guys are already doing it. So, you know, that's normally one of my biggest suggestions for people trying to, you know, do anything like what you guys are getting ready to uh, do is is get out there, mm-hmm. uh, meet people, shake hands. But you guys are already out there, and so um, just in jumping on social media and meeting people, hanging out, talking, conversing, phone calls. You know, I, I happened to see you guys on Facebook one day. I think uh, I can't remember. Oh, I can't remember if you guys like popped up. Well, you were going to come with hooks at one time. I, I was going to come with hooks. But he I told me that you were going to come, and then he was like, yeah, Justin couldn't make it or something. Well, I can't remember if I even saw you guys before, before that. that. Okay. Maybe it was like you tagged him and uh, Val in, in a post, and maybe I saw it and I liked you guys. And I, I wanted to come. I wanted to check it out. I've never done anything like this before. Um, you know, it was a little bit late in the kids, um, you know, so I kind of got to work my schedule uh, the way I can get it. And and then I think you had contacted me maybe a few weeks after that and mm-hmm. uh, said, hey, you want to come out? And uh, so, yeah, here I am. Awesome, dude. What was it about, because like in your bio that you shared with us and you just kind of yeah, uh, mentioned. Yeah, amazing bio. Um, you had this idea mm-hmm. at an early age, young age, right? Yes. That you wanted to do something. Yep. And you might not even like 
known what that looked like at that time, but you wanted to be of service. You wanted yep. to give back to people. Absolutely. What like led up to those initial thoughts, those initial ideas? Like how did those, cause that's not a typical thought pattern for a 16 year old, somewhat I think, kid. I think 17. 17? Yep. Kid who's been through a lot in his young life. I, I just, that's what God had put on me. Mm-hmm. Period. I, uh, mm-hmm. I first, first, Facility I ever went to, I was 17. Yeah. And um, I had been running the streets very hard. Um, and I, I realized, you know, what the streets do. Uh, I don't think a lot of these, uh, you know, these young people out there actually realize what it is. You know, these streets will eat you up. Um, mm-hmm. And I realized what they do to everybody involved. And so, you know, I made it out. And so it is my duty now to kind of, you know, tell guys that they can do That's something right. different. They, they got to. I mean, they can, they can keep going the way they're going, but, you know, people are dying left and right. Um, you know, so that's kind of where it started. You know, I don't, I don't think I necessarily had an idea of what I wanted to do at first. I think I wanted to open up a similar program. And, you know, I'm 17. I got out when I was 18. Um, and I talked to my pastor at the time. A uh, very business savvy gentleman, and he got to asking me about you know bylaws and you know, <laughs> articles of incorporation yeah. and five hundred one c three, and I was like, whoa, I just want to, I just want to start a program. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it it took a little while to learn the process. Uh, I think since you know, at that time, and I'm thirty four now, so at that time, I always had the idea. Um, I did go to school. I did, you know, I did a lot of research. Uh, you know. 501c3s for dummies, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, I even went out to visit my uncle um, out in Cali who uh, who was a part of a rescue mission, just trying to, you know, just, just kind of get in a feel for things, see how things work. I've been on uh, this side of the desk and I was on that side of the desk. I kind of critiqued what I felt could be done better and kind of just mismatched everything and, and put it all together in this piece that I, you know, that I was kind of pleased with. And it, and it took a very long time, but um, since day one, it's been, you know, whatever I can do. I, I made it out. You know, you can make it out. Somebody yeah. has to tell you that there's another way. For sure. And to like have the patience, right, and the thought process to really like lay it out and design it the way that that you seem best. That's like, that's a wise move, man. Like, even just with this adventure, like, I, I feel like I'm in a hurry, right? And then Courtney keep, always has to slow me down. Like, Steve, man, it ain't going to happen overnight. Like, yep. get it together. Just slow down. Just be patient. Make the right decision, you know? And, like, probably took me, like, five, four or five months. Does that sound familiar? Yes. We used to having this talk on the way up here. <laughs> it took me, like, four or five months to be able to just... And in my regular life, I can do this easily but it took me like four or five months to learn to just like let it come to me mm-hmm. and let it unfold and not like rush into things and like the effort that I do today will influence the direction that my company goes right and not stressing out about like how many people clicked on our live video last night but just to do the good work right and, and really one step at a time one step at a time dude and like but I can do it in my personal life and I came from somewhat of a business background I never started my own business until this adventure. Stoked to. I, I just want to say, Justin, that's an amazing, you know, a little part of your story that you shared because 
especially in young people today, you know, it's like a me generation. It's all about what can you do for me. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not, we don't have a, a, enough out there. Like, what can I do for you? You know, and the best leaders are servants. They have a servant's heart. You know what I mean? So that, that's really, that's amazing to hear that part of your story, man. It is. I mean, I was thinking about it while you was talking to uh, this, this boy. Whenever I first started my intern at Job Corps, um, of course, I, I made a point to talk to everybody that comes, you know, first stepping on center and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he told me, I think he was, he's like 19 years old, but he told me that, you know, he come from a background where he was uh, experiencing homelessness. And, you know, I uh, several different things. He's seen a lot being on the streets. And I asked him, I was like, well, what do you want to do? What, what made you come to Job Corps? And it wasn't even like any of the trades that they teach there, like the CNA or the forestry. He's, he's on detail doing forestry. He's doing great. But his was wanting to start a nonprofit organization. And I remember because when we started – I had mentioned that to somebody who had started their own, and I kind of got the vibe like they were like, oh, it's too hard. That's figure, figure something out else to do because yeah. it's too hard. And that stuck with me. And it could have went two different ways. I could have, you know, like been like, well, it's too hard and just put it down. But it gave me, it lit my fire to, to keep, yep, yeah, sure. to be like, no, I'm going to do this. And because I'm passionate about it and it's what I love and I want to help people. And I, Instead of being that person was that was like, it's too hard, you should try to just stick with your trade, I, I lifted him up, I encouraged him, and it's just, it is refreshing whenever, you know, people being in a younger age to come and do that or say it that. It totally is. What did the, um, what was the process like in, like, the early days of, like, actually taking action? Once you had this idea and you kind of formulated <laughs> it and you studied it, what did it look like in action? And then also, like, how did you, how did you balance your own personal recovery? You've been, you've been, <laughs> you get out of my head. Off, you need to get out of my head. Man. We were just talking about it. It's like, come on the way up here, balance, having, finding that balance. And hey, you know she, hey, like she time was, management and all that kind of stuff. You know, you know she was recording that conversation. I, just, I believe I she was, man. That is just wild. That's just God putting that out there for me. I need to hear all this. Uh, well, so I guess, uh, and, and. I guess I'll start with this. So it didn't really get serious until, and whatever you have, whatever you have out there that drives you, that pushes you, hold on to that. Hold on to yes. that. It really started. So I was working a job at a grocery store, and uh, I was a stalker. And we would get the trucks on Wednesdays, and I would put up as much of the truck as I could, and then whatever I couldn't put up, it would go on these floats that you would push into the back. And they were kind of, uh, they were situated for each aisle. So it was like maybe 20 floats. Uh, the next day you come in, you try to put more out. And then the next day you try to put more out. And the next day you try to put more out. And it would get to Monday or Tuesday. And I would have almost all of it gone. And I'd go back there. I'd be like, word, it's finally <laughs> done. And then Wednesday comes. And then it's filled right back up again. And so I realized that whatever I was doing, it was just going to be the same thing over and over again. And uh, I really actually got to work. So if, if, if you know, I'm going to be honest, um, I started uh, reaching out and I actually heard about uh, an, an organization, SCORE. Uh, they are a nonprofit of retired execs. Uh, they're, they want to help people start businesses. That's mm-hmm. it. Whatever, whatever your expertise is, whatever you're trying to get into, they will hook you up with a mentor or two or three or four 
uh, who have uh, experience in that field and they kind of walk you along through the process. Um, How did you come across this organization? So actually, uh, I was getting my taxes done one time and I can't remember how me and the guy started having the conversation. He said, look up, you know, look up score. It's just uh, S-C-O-R-E, you know, all capital letters. And I looked them up and Dude. Yeah, is that a national organization? Or are they based national. out of okay national? Yep. All right. Real deal too. Real uh, deal. Yep. So you started working with them. So I started working with them. You, you just reached out to them. And I, re- I reached out to them. They have they have classes. They have orientations. Uh, I think most, if not all, of them are free. I mean, it's a nonprofit uh, agency, and and they kind of hooked me up with a business plan template. Um, it was like 50, 60 pages, you know. So, but it was something that I could get started on in my free time. Uh, and then I actually came out here. So, you know, I'm sitting here trying to work on my business while I'm out there, mm-hmm. you know, doing dumb stuff. It, was, it, it, it didn't quite work out, but uh, I came out here and I had a, a good bit of time to sit down somewhere and to think about some things. And then I started going through the business plan template and it was questions about how did you want to do this? And I had an idea of some things that I wanted to do. And then once I left the program, uh, you know, I started reaching out to people in the area. Actually, so it was supposed to just be an agency, a place. Uh, guys come in and they get case management services, you know, referred out for different services. And then they do whatever it is that they do and then they're good to go. And I actually took a grant writing course. I, was, I didn't want to go home. I was scared to go home. My first home passed. Uh, so I stayed here and I took a grant writing course at... Um, your guys' location on Long Shoals in Asheville. Okay, yeah, yeah. So you guys have Goodwill. a small campus. No, uh, uh, WC. Western, yeah. yeah. Western, oh, WC. okay. Uh, so I took uh, a grant writing course, took a grant writing course out there, and the premise, you had to have an idea of something that you wanted to do, and I just used the idea. And uh, the guy... So you were, like, literally using this vision that you yeah. had as, like, a class project. A- abso- absolutely. Everybody else kind of had to figure out what they were going to use for an idea. And I had something that I had been working on. Well, you came prepared, right? Really. It, 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 like, worked out perfectly. I was like, yeah. So, uh, you know, so <laughs> I, I write the proposal, the mock proposal, and, um, you know, he, he listens to it. He says, I really like your idea, but I think it should be... In home, in house, in patient, mm-hmm. and I said, "No, nah. I said my idea is better." <laughs> um, <laughs> after some time, I got to thinking about it, and you know, I'm 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 getting a chance to get out into the you know the community. Uh, I'm, I'm attending some twelve step meetings, and uh, I see that the in home, the in treatment, the the recovery house, halfway house, transitional house, is actually a, a really big you know thing here. It is. And I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... And then, I think running a reputable one is in this area is a big deal. Yeah. Why, 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 what do you mean? Because you mean? there's there's some shady business going on out there. If I can be... There, there, there is. Yeah. yeah. There is. And so by, by running a... Um, it's just like farming people out. You know what I mean? Who can yeah. I get in my program it's, it's to get some money? It's a slippery slope. You know, you it's know? a slippery slope. Yeah. So to be somebody that's has the vision, has the plans, has the um, integrity. That's what I was about to say, integrity. To operate, do what you say, yep. right? Just to live what, by your word. So go on. What's your background? Like, why was you going to 12-step? Uh, well, I came here uh, because I couldn't stop using. 
What was you using? Uh, my drug of choice since 06 has been alcohol. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I, I've definitely uh, dipped and dabbled in, in, in drugs, but anxieties and whatnot, I, you know, I no longer enjoyed that high since 06. But uh, I drank like a fish. Yeah. Like a fish. Yep. So, but um, it's all how big the, the, the industry mm-hmm. is here. Uh, got to asking some questions, hanging out, talking, and and you know decided that I would go with the house aspect, and then uh, then it was just about getting the house. Now I did everything kind of uh, backwards, so apparently you're supposed to like get permits and Bro, you stuff. You sound just like my dude right here. <laughs> what? <laughs> you sound just like him. <laughs> so you're supposed to get permits and whatnot before you know you y'all got get any permits. <laughs> No. Okay, go on. We'll, we'll talk go about on. that Thursday, though. But uh, so I, I, I bought the house. I bought the house and... You're talking about like zoning and stuff? Yeah, yeah all that. Like, all, like that silo, all that stuff. It doesn't really matter. He's yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it don't matter. But I moved, I moved a few guys in. And the if next, you build it, they will come. Yeah, they, 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 they did. They did. They did. But, so uh, you started moving people in before you all you had all that in place? Yeah, man. I had the house and the beds. I didn't need anything else. That's it. That's all you need. Uh, so... <laughs> Dude, dude, I swear I feel like I'm just talking to Caleb right now. I swear. So I, uh, golly. So uh, we're, 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 we're working, man. Guys progress, there, progress. And I get, I get a letter one day. But that, that's action, right? That's like you got a plan. You're, you're following through with your plan. Right. right? That's, that's, yeah. And you want to give back to your community. Absolutely. Like, it's not like, there's not like underlying like, <laughs> you know, mentality of like taking advantage of people or anything like that. Like you're choosing to do this for a reason oh yeah well i just i just didn't know the process i you know Mm -hmm. i kind of skipped a couple steps and (laughs) got a little bit excited but that's okay you know you live and you learn it worked out but you know i got a letter one day and so you moved some folks in yeah you had the house you got it like how many people they were probably they were probably frying bacon and this letter came in (laughs) (laughs) so i got a letter and i was like oh man Uh, (laughs) you know this guy so i i (laughs) He he, he was calling me and asking all kinds of questions. I said, man, it's a rental property. (laughs) It is not a halfway house. He said, all right. So he sent me another letter, which was more serious than the first one. Uh, So I called him every day for about a month just to say good morning. Mm -hmm. I left him a voicemail every morning. I said, hey, this is Justin Blackburn. I just wanted to say good morning. Goodbye <laughs> <laughs> for a month, and then uh, and then building relationships. Yeah, yeah. I was I, I wasn't I wasn't pleased. He wasn't amused. Uh, but then you know you know I went and talked to a lawyer, and lawyers, you know, I mean, depending on what you use them for, lawyers are great, man. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I met with a lawyer, and uh, I can't remember who it was. He was a really cool guy. He was old, and the book was like this thick. There was dust all on it, and like he opened it up, and dust flew everywhere. And then he was like looking for like ten minutes, and then he was like, uh, "Go apply for a permit." And so I did, and then I got it. That was that. Yeah. I didn't take didn't take no time. No. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's a little different on a reservation too. Oh, you're 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 on a reservation. Yeah. Oh. So I don't know what wow. that. I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Give us some heartbreaking news. (laughs) Wait, I can just go get a permit. (laughs) Yeah, I uh, I had a guy who who was was from a reservation, uh, actually in Cherokee, and the way that he explained things to me, it's just a whole different world. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the court system and all that. Wow. (laughs)
Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It depends on what side of the fence you're on, I guess. <laughs> but no, there it is. It's a whole different ballpark when it's on reservation. There's a lot of different procedures, yep. rules, and regulations. But we probably do need a permit. Actually, probably <laughs> less rules and regulations because it's a reservation, honestly. I don't know. We'll see, though. <laughs> we'll see. We've got some amazing people on the board. The, the, you got people that'll figure it out. He's, yeah. yeah, the CEO yeah. of the hospital's on there. The director of Freedom Sailors on there. Mm-hmm. Wow. We've got some lawyers. We're going to have some law- wait, a lawyer, I think. Yeah. Anyways, Sounds ahead. like you need a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> um, what up? So, like, while you're doing this business thing, at that time in your life, what did your recovery look like? And what did your family life look like? Because you mentioned kids a few times. So I was in a program. Uh, I was in a work program long term. And I came out here. I was so tired, man. I was exhausted. I was beat. You know, I didn't even want to. I didn't really want to come here. I just, you know, the day before I came here, I went to my mom's and said, hey, I'm going back to Pittsburgh, you know, got plenty of family there. Um, you know, I'm tired of this. I'm exhausted. I can't do it anymore. She said, hey, stay the night. Let's get you in somewhere tomorrow. And I literally, like I was about to try to fight that, you know, like in my head I started thinking about how or why, you know, I should not do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't even do it. Uh, you know, I had an apartment. I had a job. You know, I have, um, I've had sole custody of my son. I've got sole custody of both my kids now. Okay. But uh, my son since uh, June 2nd, 2010. So I had him. Mm-hmm. Um, but these were things that I just had. To, I, left, I left everything that I had in the apartment. I, had, I came here with the clothes that I went to her house uh, that I had on. So... You know, she said, let's let's get you into somewhere, and, and she's looking up places, and, you know, we happen to take that trip, and I don't think I've ever even been on this side of the mountain. You know, it's it's it was a pretty long trip, and obviously I was going through some stuff emotionally um, along the way, and, uh, you know, that was, that was pretty much it. I got there, and, and I took any and all suggestions. You know, I made as many meetings as I could. I tried to follow the rules to the best of my ability, um, my mom kept my son for me for the year. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just a time to sit down and reflect. I was able to get, you know, I, I didn't stay the whole year. Uh, I knew that he was going to need to get here, so I need to make some money. So mm-hmm. I left at eight months, but I had eight months to not have to worry about bills or, you know, kids, school, you know, anything like that. I yeah. just, I got me, you know, I got connected. I got hooked in. I got um, started doing some service work while I was in there. You know, I made sure that people knew who I was because, you know, I was here to stay, you know, so that I could stay clean. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, and I had some extra time on, on, on off days to uh, work on a business plan. That's kind of how I went down. So. It sounds like just like throughout all that stuff, right? Throughout um, all of those experiences <clears throat> and like getting back into the, to the program and like putting your um, your son living with your mom and just going through all of that, you were still focused on the business, right? You always had that in the back of your mind, and you were always even working towards your goal. Um, I got I got buddies that will tell you they may be watching right now. Butter, what up? <laughs> yeah. um, but Butter will tell you he he say the first day that we met. I had the business plan right here, and he said, I think I said something like, hey, I'm working on this business plan. 
I'm going to open up some kind of a program, you know, before it's all said and done. And guys yeah. were like, nah. And I'll, I'll talk to guys and sometimes, you know, they haven't stuck around and they've come back and they've been like, hey, bro, you know, what you said you were going to do since the first day that we met, you've done it, man. And yeah. I salute you for that. But you got to, you got to hold on to something. This, this, it's, it's, it's so tough out there. It's so cold out there. And it doesn't matter what it is that you want to do. I mean, it might be helping people. It might be, um, you know, I was talking to somebody today about someone who who uh, has shown a strong interest in, in interior design. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's if it's what if it's your thing. If that's your purpose, you know, at least because nobody can take that from yeah. you, really. Right. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. And that's kind of we were talking outside before we started this. That's how this podcast came to be. This this is your right. purpose. This is finding, your thing. finding your thing. Um, my cousin, man, my little cousin, just last week, he, uh, he's got a year clean coming up in October, right? Struggled mm. for many years. Lost his little sister to an overdose. Mm. Struggled in and out of treatment facilities. We always tried to support him. Always tried to support him. And uh, just last week, about when he got out of his treatment program, you know, 11 months ago or something, he did like a 30-day or 90-day, 10, 11 months ago, he got out. What what do you what do you want? Like what what was your kind of like what was your dream? Right? He started drawing. He's an artist. Mm -hmm. He just loved to draw, but the years and years of using kind of like distance distanced himself from that, and he started at such a young age that he never really got to like develop that skill. So I started seeing these Instagram posts last year. These just amazing drawings, just like beautiful stuff every day. Something new. Every day, something new. And just over this weekend, I see another Instagram post. Bzz, tattoo gun. Wow. He landed a um, gig at a tattoo shop down in Florida. Nice. It's like that's doing, awesome. Doing what his, doing his dream. Yeah. Doing right. what he wanted to Finding do, right? His Finding yeah. his purpose, yep. right? And that's like what. That's almost the hardest part of this recovery process, right? Is like finding what that is for you because you've you've grown so far away from it, right? Right, that it, it's hard to to see it. It's hard to come back to it. Rediscover, rediscover. I love it. That's what I was looking for. Got you, bro. I love it. It's so hard to find that. <laughs> you always had it, and I'm extremely blessed with that. I've I've met guys, and and you know, my heart goes out to them. Um, my job was to help guys get to wherever it is that they want to get to. But when you meet a guy who's middle-aged, past middle-aged, and he has no idea what in the world he wants to do, yeah. yeah. Imagine yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Imagine one of my favorite quotes. Imagination is everything. It's the preview to life's coming attractions. Wow. You know, it's important. You know, those things that, that – I, I, for me, I believe that God puts those things in your mind because it's things He wants you to achieve. You know, what was you gonna say? I was just gonna say I've seen like some people, uh, people that are big in the recovery advocacy. They'll say, you know, like, well, once you get uh, sober, get in recovery, everybody wants to either be they want to start a nonprofit or they want to be a preacher or a counselor one, or a counselor, right? Yeah. And I, I just feel like if that's your calling, if that's your that's purpose, it. then do it. Yep. Don't let anything hold you back or stop you. Get out there and do it. I mean, 
it was always lying within us somewhere. You know, we just got distracted. Mm -hmm. We got off, off path. I mean, like I said, it's just we live in a society, you know, where most people is like, what can you do for me? You know, and they don't understand that we have two hands for a reason, to help yourself and help our brother and sister. You know, that's what we're supposed to do, lift one another up. I think we might have, like, kind of hit on something that's important to maybe investigate a little further. <laughs> He's like, investigating. <laughs> Are you the police? What, what's really going on here? <laughs> how, how, what are the best methods, the best ways? How would you, all three of you guys, suggest somebody rediscover mm. what it is that they're passionate about, what it is that provides that, that purpose that meaning that's been missing. I what think, are the steps? I think, I mean, in any situation, you have to go open-minded. You got to be willing. But I know, I can say from my own experience that, like us going on the journey that we went on, after we got back, it opened my eyes to, to knowing that I can't just sit behind a desk I can't do it. Now, if that becomes a part of a milestone of me getting to where I need to go, then I'll have to do it. I'll have to buckle down and do it. But I, I just don't feel comfortable being in closed offices, closed spaces. Like, I feel like I've got to be out there helping people out there in a mix, you know, mm -hmm. like, and just traveling and being on the road that but we went on. did that. Right. You and I had to by, jump into it. You did that uh, by, That leaf of faith. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, you did it by like yeah. <laughs> she's, she's fired up, baby. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> you did that by putting yourself out there, right? By letting your guard down, and like because you were you were supposed to going to stay here for a period of time and let him go, and you just went right like a couple of days after <laughs> he left. So you just like you, it was it was funny when she called today. She's like. I just want to let you know, I feel like I don't need to be staying here while you're out doing that. I need to be with you. And I was, come on, baby, let's go. You let go of that fear, <laughs> right? You let go of, like, any expectations that you had of, like, job or whatever, internship, whatever you were doing at that time, your uh, program that you are in. Like, you just put yourself out there and took action, mm -hmm. right? And that's when you had that insight to what your purpose is or what your goals are you know i for me and i've been well, I don't, this is this is no coincidence there's no coincidences with god that we're talking about this kind of thing tonight like the first thing that i try to keep in perspective is not being a, whatever it is that you want to do not being not being afraid to fail you know because uh, so like how many times does that stop us from trying to do what we want to do right like i don't want to look dumb or whatever that may look like you know whatever failure may look like to you um and it like you said steve it takes that leap of faith and just like i'm going to fail as, as much as you know what i mean like not, you don't set out to fail but like i'm going to fail and i was just talking to her about you know going to these speaking events like i have this this mark like i see out before me what i want to do and mm -hmm. like how i want to speak and I haven't been getting there. And I was like, well, you know what? I haven't been putting in the work to get there. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a direct correlation of how I've been speaking because I haven't been putting in the work. And so it's just, uh, 
you know, not being afraid to fail and, and making sure your driving force is, is solid. Like what, what drives you to do with the things that you do? You know, the more that you have in your driving force, the kids, your community, you know, whatever it is, your girlfriend, your wife, whatever that looks like, the more that you have in that, the more successful you're going to be. You're able to reach back and say, look, this is why I'm doing this, you know? I think, too, just not letting life pass you by. Like, the longer I sat there, I was like, this is a once-in-a-lifetime chance. Like, I can't just sit here and let it pass me by. You jumping on your business classes, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, don't sit back and just let that That's pass awesome, you by, right? you know? Um, and that goes for anybody that is looking for the, that purpose, you know, I mean, if you just sit back in the room, in, in at the house watching TV, eating potato chips, and staying sober, great. But you know, are you letting your, your are you letting your life pass you by? Are you living it to the fullest? I I think a lot of it is is self awareness. I think totally. it, it might sound real cheesy, but I think <laughs> that that I think you have to listen to yourself and find out what it is that you want to do. And it might not just pop up out the blue one day. And sometimes, you know. I know, I know, guys, I've got family members that have just worked. That's it. That's what they do. They bring home the bacon. They've retired after 30, 40 years at the same place, and, but they've provided for their family, and that's their, you know, that's their purpose. So I, mine just happened to hit me that way. Um, I don't know if I was, you know, what I'd do if I was the age I'm at now and I didn't have that kind of already planted in me. You know, I'm just very thankful and grateful that it was, but... I mean, a lot of it is self-awareness because I could do anything, you know, that I want to do and, and it could be based off money or it could be based off of what's comfortable. But, um, you know, having that, just listening to, to what God's laid on me and then chasing that to the fullest. It's like once you see it, taking that action, yep. taking those steps, the appropriate steps. Um, what? So you got your permits? Yes. And you were good to go. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. What did the program look like? Like, what did the house yeah, look like? Like, what, what kind of, know. how did you operate on a... I mean, the house, it was just a house, three bedrooms. Um, guys come in, and, and, and so really, um, so I've heard of houses, and their setup is kind of guys come in, guys stay clean, guys pay rent, and guys are good. But... The idea before it was even a house was supposed to be find out what it is that guys want to do and support them in through referrals through agencies because there's all kinds of money out there to do whatever it is that you want to do, um, you know, and so support them through referrals to different places and provide support along the way until they got what they needed and then boom, they're a success story. So guys come in. Obviously, you know, kind of Maslow's Law, we got to worry about nutrition, food. You know, a lot of times guys didn't have money, so they come in, uh, sign them up for some food stamps. Um, Obviously, a job is important, um, so we go hunting for jobs. And then um, once guys kind of got settled making meetings, they're working, they got some food, got a little money in their pocket, they're getting caught up in rent. Then it was developing an IDP, an individual development plan. Just what is it that they want to do, and then how can we get them there? Or what do they need? Some, you know, GEDs, license, you know, vehicle. You know, do they have an idea of what they want to do later on? I had a guy who was interested in culinary. Um, I had a guy who wanted to drive trucks. So it's, it, but there's all these agencies out there 
that will help you for culinary arts school, you know, CDL training, um, anything, whatever it is that they need. So what I hear you saying is literally walking alongside them yes. in that rediscovery process that we just hit on, mm-hmm. right? Which is such a vital part of that. And like when you're doing it on your own and trying to figure it out on your own, what are the chances that you don't take action when you hit a little barrier or something? But if you got somebody like you, your program, working with you, connecting you to those resources, places mm-hmm. that you've already established relationships with where yep. you can call up, you know, whoever and say, hey, I got this guy, he's interested in whatever. Let's and then do that soft handoff. So some of the situations that I saw uh, kind of went the best they had multiple people in their corner through multiple different agencies or programs um you know a sponsor uh guys even guys even kind of uh, uh kept in contact with each other in the house and helped mm-hmm. each other along through the process you know hey i don't know if you knew about this program over here but they offer this i just went there last week you know you should give them a call so um, that's kind of the idea of it. It's, it's, it's called the Home Center for Men, and the home part stands for helping others move towards excellence. So, mm, boom. Yes, yes. I love that. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that was, that was, the, that was the idea behind it. It's, it's, it's kind of in-depth, thorough. I was, a case, I was a case manager in Charlotte, and I saw a lot of clients fall through the cracks. You know, I had maybe like a case load about 200, 230 um, and, 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 you know, them not getting that in-depth kind of one-on-one attention, maybe it would have made a difference, maybe not. But that's kind of what I was aiming for. It's not just, I mean, anybody can take a house, get a permit, throw some beds in there and say, mm-hmm. hey, just pay this every week. But to work with the guys <laughs> and every single guy that has come through my house, I know them personally. I know some of the things that they struggle with. You know, we've... You know, they, we may still stay in contact to this day. We might have had a falling out, and I won't ever talk to them again. But you know, knowing them and working with them, you know, closely uh, was is is kind of the the idea behind it. A very intimate, personal yes. relationship with everybody that that comes through, which is like so needed in so many cases. Oh, right? Absolutely, like That's... having experienced being a case manager with such a large caseload mm-hmm. and seeing those people that fall through mm-hmm. the cracks. That's right. The home center for men is like there to, hey, I, I got you, bro. This didn't work out for you. They didn't provide the right resources. They didn't provide, they didn't offer what you were looking for. Mm-hmm. Let me help connect you with whatever it might be in our community that could help you not just be a person in long-term recovery, but thrive in your recovery. Absolutely. Accomplish your goals. Do the things that you've always dreamed about. Dude, that's beautiful, bro. There ain't a lot of people out there doing that kind of stuff. Like, we need more Justin Blackburns, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and uh, everything that you just said just screamed out to me, peer support. Yeah. Peer support, peer support. And that's, it's it's so important. I mean, you can t- apply peer support to any aspect of your life, not just recovery, but that's amazing. Yeah, it's beautiful. So, like, going through that process, man, how, like, what kind of barriers have you experienced um, in 
being a business owner? Like, what kind of challenges? Like- I, 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 that, well, you just said, you know, like, you, you might have had some falling outs with some people. So, I mean, how do you, how do you work through that? You know, especially because I know we're probably going to see a lot of people that we know personally. Yep. I mean, Cherokee's so small. I mean, even the surrounding counties, you know, typically most people. So, how do you deal with that? Uh, it's like a it's like a baby. It's like having a baby. <laughs> uh, you know, I had no idea how to hold a baby or change a baby or feed a baby um, until I had a baby. Uh, you know, and then as he got older, and then I had my daughter. I mean, it's literally you're just learning on the fly. That's mm-hmm. it. And as long as as long as whatever that barrier is isn't you know something that could possibly shut everything down you're good to go i mean i've had um you know i've had to obviously working with 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 recovering uh addicts you know the whole them staying clean uh deal and then you know then drug tests and i've seen guys try to pass drug tests in the most craziest of fashions, you know, you've got barriers like that. You've got um, <laughs> different barriers in regards to your business and how you want to operate it as far as expenses go. You know, I've had uh, expenses pop up unexpectedly, and you know, I'm so all right. So, got the house and everything's going. Got the beds. Got a few guys in there, um, and everything. Everything is is kind of running smoothly. Uh, all of a sudden, I get hit with like a $900 water bill, right? <laughs> so I call around, uh, and I'm like, hey, man, you know, is this $900 water bill? Is this right? They're like, no, that's not right. You got a leak somewhere. So I call the city, uh, get a plumber out there, and and, and a couple of different, uh, you know, people coming out, and there's no leak. Um, so I call another guy. He says, well, go outside and see if you feel like a pocket outside in the front or the backyard and so now it had been raining for a few days and so i go out there and i was planting stuff you know planting flowers and plant stuff trying to make it look nice so i step on this one spot and it's like a trampoline it's like a bubble so i step on it and and all this water comes out i'm like oh man i've got a leak so i call somebody else and say you don't have a leak we looked at the meter i said man you gotta dig man you gotta dig there's a leak under there so I'm thinking, how am I going to do this? Am I going to get like a backhoe or something? Or, you know, I don't want to tear up the yard. And then if it is a leak, you know, how much is that going to cost? Well, right before I got that bill, I had, uh, there was a leaky sink. They came out and checked it out. And apparently the owners before had like siliconed everything like that they weren't supposed to. Mm -hmm. So they had to redo the sinks. And then it was a running toilet. It was like uh, just the flapper. Um, and so, so like, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, man, you know, maybe that has something to do with it. I'm just going to hold off to the next bill before I do anything crazy. Cause I can't afford a backhoe right now anyway. So, uh, so I, I the next bill comes out and it's like 230 bucks. So it was all it's better the work, than 900. It was all, <laughs> it was all the stuff that I had done before, um, that made the difference. And then I found out later on what happened was there's moles and they had dug, and then the water went in there. And so it wasn't yeah. even that big of a deal. So, yeah. you know, I mean, it's it's just, it's literally learning on the fly. I mean, you're going to have, there's going to be rules that I changed, uh, you know, as time went on. You know, sometimes this guy's taking advantage. I mean, it's just the population. Um, you know, it, 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 you know, some things with monies, guys coming in without monies and then, you know, leaving. So, you know, maybe kind of, 
making sure that you cover all your bases uh, before guys are coming in. It's, it's, it's literally a learning process. I yeah. learned so much. I went in with an idea of it looking like this, and then, you know, and now to this day, it doesn't look anything like that. It still <laughs> does have those bits and pieces. But yeah, but that's, like, the important thing, and, like, regardless of whatever business it is, is to have that flexibility to still maintain control, but have that flexibility to allow the thing to go yep. adapt or just evolve evolve it is a living thing mm-hmm. the house the house was I mean you can come in and it would be great and then you know a guy you know have an off day and him upset somebody else and then it kind of uh, ripple effect and then you know you come in the next week and you're like wow you know you can actually feel the vibe so um, it's, a, it's a project it's a project what does your recovery look like right now? Your personal recovery? Uh, my personal recovery, I'd like to say, is strong. I just finished a 90 and 90. Yes, sir. Nice. Um, uh, that was very difficult. So I've been to like <coughs> two meetings since then. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. <laughs> you know, I love, I love my sponsor to death. Um, he, if he's watching, what up? Um, you know, I've, I've, got, I've got sponsees. I do service work. I, this is something that I have to do every day. Everything, nothing else matters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have my purpose. I have my kids. But the second that I fall off and 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 go back to the old way, it doesn't matter anything that I've done these past four years. So, um, yeah. How do you apply what you've learned in both this business adventure and your personal recovery to? the way that you parent your children? Hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's all the same principles. Uh, you know, integrity. If I, I can't ask my kids to do something or not do something and then them see me do it, except for cussing. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's always going to be like that. Uh, honesty and communication. <laughs> I talk to my kids. My, my son is eight, and since the day he was born... I talk to him just like this. Mm-hmm. This is the type of conversation that we have. Um, you know, he knows. Heck, I twenty fourteen. So he was he was four when I came out here, and you know, I tell him I'd be like, "Listen, man, I'm out here. I'm getting better." And so I would talk to him on the phone. He said, "He'd say, Daddy, are you are you on the mountains getting better? Are you are you are you are you still sick?'" I said, "Yeah, I'm I'm getting a little bit better." So you know, we communicate. Um, you know, uh, honest, uh, and also even, you know, asking for forgiveness. There's times where, um, you know, I know that maybe there's situations I could have handled things better. Or even so, what was it, yesterday, uh, they were outside and I heard a whole bunch of racket um, in the back, but then I heard some racket in the front. And so I went and checked on them and they were out back and I was like, what in the world is that out front? So I'm, I'm you know, I'm watching, watching some football. I'm still hearing the racket out back, but also out front. And so, you know, I go out back, I tell them, hey, cool it down, cut it out. So I stop hearing the racket out back, but I keep hearing the racket out front. So I go out back and I'm like, hey, listen, I told you guys, chill out, get in the bed, you're grounded, you got an hour, get out back, <laughs> go to bed, period. That's it. Um, Started watching football. I kept hearing the racket, and what it was, somebody didn't close the screen door, and the it door's was banging. The it was banging. So I went into the room. I said, "Hey, Christian, I'm sorry. 
That wasn't you guys making the noise. That was the door making the noise. You guys are good. <laughs> so, I mean, so it, you know, it's, it's simple stuff like that. They, they, you know, they see, they know that I'm not perfect. Um, I guess I'm as perfect as I can be in their eyes. But, um, you know, just uh, I, I, I try to be the same with them as I am with you guys right now, as I am with myself, as I am in my recovery, you know, in, in pretty much everything that I do, I, I, I try. Like consistent yeah. discipline. Yes. Uh, like consistency and a di- to a, you know, dis- a level of discipline that's maintainable. Well, when I, when I got here and then I started to find out who I was through this process, I enjoy who I am. I like mm. who I am. I love who I am. So I don't want to get mixed up. There's no need for me to try to be somebody else in different situations and then I get to losing what I just started finding. You know what I'm saying? That's so. right. I love that. I, I do. Because, I mean, how can you go into one situation out in the world acting this way, but then go back home mm-hmm. acting a completely different way that's going to, you know. You don't even know who you are. It still sounds so very insightful because for so many people, that's like one of the biggest challenges. Yeah. Right? Is to like, who am I? How, how do, am I supposed to behave? Even, even myself. Like, I'd be one person at school and somebody else at home. Right. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Amen. Yeah. Well, you got to, I mean, life is too short, man, for all that extra stuff. You know what I'm saying? I yep. mean, this is who I am, and I'm, I'm a good guy if you want to get to know me. But, you know, wasting your time trying to be somebody you're not, Yeah. I mean, time is going by quick. You know, what happens? You get to be 60, 70 years old, and you're like, man, I wish I was just me that whole yeah. time. Absolutely. I, already, I mean, <laughs> we lost like, what, 10, 15 years of just yeah. that lifestyle, right? Yeah. I lost yes. that. Just lost that. Can't yes. get it back. Nope. Can't nope. get it back. You a football fan, man? Absolutely. Pittsburgh Steelers, sir. <laughs> oh, he's got a good article in. <laughs> now you're, you're, a, you're a Patriots fan. I'm okay. a Patriots fan. Yeah, yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> You know, yep. tell me this before the show. <laughs> he wouldn't have sat down, man. Nah. Hey, Courtney, can you mute his mic? <laughs> um, um, in the day and age, right, where everybody's arguing about a flag and about kneeling, right, about something that took place, who knows, however many years ago, right? And I just love the sport, man. I just love to watch football, bro. Like, I, I enjoyed yesterday. Um, had a couple games on when I was at work. Y'all tell my boss. And uh, <laughs> when I got home, man, I knocked out my homework and I, I laid in bed. I watched that Packers game, bro. Yep. Dude. And in the day and age where everybody's online arguing about Nikes and arguing about um, the flag and the whole kneeling thing, I think that there's stories that get lost, right? Stories that don't get put in the in the spotlight stories that you're not going to see on sports center tonight and you might i don't know i haven't watched that in a while but i'm saying like stories that that get that fall through the fall through the cracks like you said justin and so i wanted to talk about josh gordon you remember josh gordon for the browns for the mm-hmm. for the cleveland browns oh man. yeah 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 dude was drafted um like 2012 2012, 2013, he had Pro Bowl seasons, right? Yep. Just made the Pro Bowl, big numbers. I think he had like nine touchdowns his second year in the league. Like, rising star. Absolutely. For a team that doesn't have the best uh, best quarterback, right? I think he might have been through the Johnny Manziel era of Cleveland yep. Yep. and like, you know, really went through some stuff, right? Still performed, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, however, he struggled with, with substance use. Got a couple DUIs, suspended from the league, in the substance abuse program in the league, failed drug tests after failed drug tests after more suspensions. Um, he started his first game yesterday in recovery after missing the last three seasons, right? And what I thought was interesting was that he wasn't even supposed to start yesterday. Wow. Because he sat the, se- the preseason in training camp. He, he, he noticed that he wasn't in the right state of mind in his recovery and in his mental health. And so instead of falling back into these, those old beha- patterns of behavior. Mm-hmm. Got to self and check. Hey. Wow. Hey, guys. I'm going to take some time off. I'm going to get myself where I need to be before I come back and play football. So he missed the missed training camp, sat the preseason out, and the Browns supported him. They were like, how can we help you? And this is somebody with that track record mm-hmm. that has literally, they drafted him in 2012. Here we are in 2018, six years later, and he's only played two seasons, those first two seasons. So he literally has been suspended for failed drug tests for the last four seasons, right? And they, they stood by his side. How many teams would have cut that player, right? How many, how many jobs would have fired that employee, yeah. <laughs> you know, regardless yeah. of football or not, right? They stood by his side. So he sat, he sat all those, sat out the preseason, uh, sat out training camp, and he came back like a week ago before the season started. And he said, I'm, I'm good. I'm ready. I'm ready to play. Coach was hesitant. They were like, I don't know if we're, how much playing time should he get, like this and that. He got on the field yesterday. Yep. Did he have a touchdown? He, he made a play. He made a play. He had one catch for, <laughs> one catch for 17 yards and a touchdown. Right? <laughs> After sitting out for the last four seasons. This is the first opening day game that he's played since 2013. Wow. Right? You ain't going to hear that on SportsCenter, right? They're going to be talking about who sat, who kneeled, and who didn't, who's mm-hmm. arguing and who didn't, what sponsors are dropping and what sponsors are supporting the thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to, like, have these conversations and, and, like, know that, you know, us four are sitting here behind these microphones. We're just we're just people, right? We're just dudes, right? You're doing your thing. I'm doing my thing. You're doing uh, your thing. Caitlin. I ain't a dude, but. We're just dudes. <laughs> dude. We're just doing dudes our thing. Dudes and a girl. And, like, you hear, you do hear these stories. Like, Mac Miller <sighs> overdosed last week, and it's all over all the headlines. Yeah. But how often do we hear the success, success stories right. yeah. in, from the mainstream media? Especially, you know, being, yeah, and sports. I mean, I ain't really. <laughs> I watch it every now and then with him, but I ain't into it like you guys. But that would have been interesting, you know, to see. Yeah, I mean, like if you put that guy on on you know the pregame show yesterday morning, you sit him down and do an interview with him and talk to him about what it's like to be a football player in recovery, mm. right? What it's like to be a leader in your community. What it's like to like go through that process when the spotlight's on you, mm-hmm. when people are watching. Yeah, how many people would that, you know, helped and set free possibly? But I didn't watch the pregame show yesterday, but what do you think was on it? 
Oh, yeah. I'd roll the dice and say it was kneeling and Nike, right? <laughs> I mean, that's just, yeah. you know, that's just what's yeah. on the top of my mind. So I just, you know, I thought it would just be something that's, um, I want more, right? I want to see more. I want to read more. What, what does the majority want, though? Yeah, that's true. Unfortunately, I mean, you get these stories and, and, and people run with it immediately. They're burning Nikes, Nikes... Uh, increasing thirty one percent. You know yeah. what I mean? It's 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 like hype. Yeah, I mean it's it's people. It's like wild wildfire, man. People yeah. are running with it. But what what is the majority? Well, I that I didn't know that. Um, I do know that he's had his issues. Uh, but I, I'd love to see what happens in in the story that he tells. If he can keep this going, if, yeah. If yes. he can keep it. And up, now they got a number awesome. one quarterback <clears throat> up there. They got wide receivers. They they uh signed. Jarvis Landry from Miami. Yeah. You got some weapons next to him. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I mean, you saw the I know you watched the game yesterday. <laughs> I'm going to do this right now. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. do this right now. They're still garbage. So the Browns haven't won a season <laughs> opener in I don't know how many years. I don't know either. They still haven't won one. They didn't lose. But though. they didn't lose yesterday. <laughs> you, know, you know it was a tie, right? Yeah. They yeah. tied the game. So. <laughs> You know, I'm not tuning the Browns horn. I just think that it's great to see somebody like. Uh, are you though? Stuff. I think you are. No, no man. Hey, <laughs> we'll bring hey, you a Browns shirt. Who's your team? Who's your team? <laughs> they, they got a W yesterday. Who's your team? They scored the most points I think out of any who's team. Who's that? The uh, Bucks. Yeah. Oh dude. my gosh. You see the Bucks uh, yesterday against the Saints? Uh-uh. It's like 48 to There's 40. Zero zero defense. We put, in the whole game. put up 48 points yesterday. Signed with a backup quarterback. That's a whole nother. Yeah, he had time. he had 50 plus. Yeah. Fantasy yeah. points. Week one, we got a con- uh, quarterback, quarterback controversy, controversy. Yeah. with the number one draft pick. Do you do fa- fantasy it? football? Yeah. Yeah. I got, <laughs> I got squashed. I did too, man. Squashed. I did too. I'll show you what I had yesterday in FanDuel. It wasn't yeah. pretty, man. It wasn't pretty. So it's just like, I don't know. It's just, it's just something that like, you know, I had to go seek out this story because I was like, man, I, I thought I had heard something about him taking the preseason off and I wanted I never heard anything more yep and I wanted to know what the follow-up was so I literally had to like l- look into where the what dig. had to dig for yeah. the rest of the story but you um, know I, I think that it's actions like that that actually is going to make a change mm-hmm. um you know because I'm not going to lie when I when I hear something controversial you know I'm you know tell me more let me know but when you have people if they go out there and they share those kind of stories or they seek out those kind of stories, and 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 you know these these companies, the media will start paying attention and putting yeah. those stories out. But you have people who are um, dedicated to causing a ruckus off of some of these these uh, you know these topics, these controversial topics that's going on. They're living off of this stuff. Mm-hmm. I tweeted out this Josh Gordon story, so if you want to throw me a follow on Twitter. At NC Raw Steve, you can get all the details from this Josh Gordon story. And then Shane so retweet it out. Yeah, retweet it out, baby. I don't think I have it. No? no, I'll tell you Tweets why. I retweet. No, I don't. I'll tell you why you need to get one when this thing, then this streams off. I'll, right. I'll, I'll throw you some Iggy's on that. All right. Um, one <laughs> other thing that uh, crossed my stream that I thought was important to talk about. One of the things that we talk about every single week is like, we know we got a problem, right? Like the opioid epidemic, people are dying. And the solutions that we need to look at, talk about, raise awareness, and potentially like implement into our communities are probably out-of-the-box 
Oh, no doubt. Ideas, right? Like we need to do whatever we've been doing isn't working, right? As a society, as a community, like we got a strong recovery community, but it's not going to solve. We need more people stepping up, wanting to start programs, and you know more of what you're doing, yeah, Justin. More of what you're doing, Caleb. More Mm -hmm. podcasts. More just more conversations. Um, And I came across a story on NPR a couple days ago about a company out of. a company out of Indiana, right? A major wire manufacturer. They own a mon- a huge warehouse, right? They've been around for a hundred years. This company, they employ thousands of people. Um, in Richmond, Indiana, the company is called the Belden Electric Wire Company. Belden, and they own this factory where they manufacture wires, and they employ so many people, and the epidemic is so strong in that Midwest kind of community that they've struggled to find and hire employees that can pass a drug test, Mm -hmm. right? Let that sink in for a minute. They're trying to hire employees and they can't find enough to fill positions because they can't find people that can pass drug tests. So what what do you think they did? Stop giving drug tests. They didn't stop giving drug tests. Oh, okay. <laughs> you got any idea? This is like this is outside the box stuff right here, man. I'm telling you. This is outside the box stuff. Your, uh, the light bulb go off? No, the no? suspense is killing me. The suspense me. Yeah, is right, killing me. <laughs> trying to build do? it up, man. What they do? They Offer and pay for treatment. Oh, wow. For every, not employee, potential employee hmm. that fails a drug test. So let me tell you what this would look like. You fill out a job application, you go through an interview, you take a drug test, and you fail it. They come to you and they say, We like you. We like what you have to offer. We like your resume. We like your personality. You're the guy for the job. But before we put you in that job, we're going to pay for you to go and receive treatment. They're offering 30, between 30 and 90 day inpatient treatment programs, depending on the level of care that it, that is needed for your, um, that's awesome. That is amazing. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, I mean, they're like probably a multi-billion dollar company. I mean, they own like a 14-acre warehouse wow. that manufactures. Watch, so they got the funding to do it. But what they noticed is that, like, let's, let's, let's process through this and think about this for a second. So you got to hire, like, however many thousands of people um, to in this, in this building, right? Right. And so how much does it cost every time somebody quits? fails a drug test and gets fired, what does it cost to hire another employee? Yeah, right. train them. The training stuff. process, mm-hmm. the interview process, all of those things. How much money are you pouring into that? Over right. and over and over right. again. But if you just pay it out on the front side, what kind of quality of work and dedication and oh, commitment yeah. are you going to get from that employee knowing 
him knowing that what's already transpired what you did for them right and what you paid for them that's investing in people right yes and it builds such relationships you know with i mean you gotta have a relationship with the place where you're working if well you don't have to but to be successful yeah two years ago the company needed to fill 75 positions at the same time, the percentage of applicants failing drug tests nearly tripled. Wow. So they need to hire 75 people and literally triple what the amount of people that applied the drug tests, they failed drug tests. It takes 450 people to run the operation around the clock. And the lack of workers means, means paying more in overtime for the people that you do have. So you're paying overtime for the people that you do have because you can't fill the positions or just not fulfilling the yeah. orders. Not fulfilling the orders. Yeah. You're losing money. Losing, losing, lose. Because you can't f- fulfill your obligations right, to the companies yeah. that... So, I mean, it and seems like a win-win to me. Right, and it kind of, you know, not kind of, but it breaks that, that stigma that comes yeah. with it. Why not pay for someone to go to treatment to try to get them to where they can be able to be a successful employee? I mean, they pay for trainings you know if yeah. you if you need to be if they need to get you certain certifications different things like that so it just kind of takes that stigma out of just because it's treatment why not as of this past july 17 people have signed on uh, therapy lasts between one and four months depending on how severe the problem is three workers have already completed the treatment and transitioned onto the sales floor, onto the warehouse floor. When was this, when was this article? July, just a couple, two months ago. Okay. Um, recruitment, let's see. We need to really keep up with this. I'd like yeah. to see Yeah, I want to uh, know yeah, what the, the long term. So, final, yeah. final numbers yeah, are going to be long term. Like. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's just, you know, it's something new and it's outside the box, right? Right. Yes. And this is from a company that, like, I mean... I've never heard. I of think any time that your intentions, you know, you're laden with your you're laden with your heart here. Yeah. It's gonna it's mm-hmm. gonna come back. You know, I've never heard of this uh, Belkin Belden Electric Company. So like, what's stopping Ford and Chevy and these big Walmart? Why can't all these other absolutely multi-billion Fortune 500 companies get on board? Well, that's I mean that's where they start. You yeah. know, it, somebody yeah. has to take a lead, and they've taken a lead, and you know. Got to get that story out, and hopefully, you know, it, it can spread. Watch the company. Right. Somebody's it asking can what draw, the company is again. It can draw people in because I know a lot of times some people, they're not going to go apply for that job that they know that drug test. They're yep. going to do something like, you know, working at a gas station. Well, some gas stations, drug what test, would, but, you know, like waiting tables and, and things like that. What would happen if a casino done that? <laughs> exactly. Wow. Yeah. You know, how, how many like how many people in our community would that help? Like I, I know that I can get me a really good job. They're going to help me out, even though I'm I know one fellow's drug test. But that, we've got the resources to do that already. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. But like I don't, I just it's just something that I don't think that like many. I mean, even me being someone that's like in this recovery world and in somewhat in a retail type industry on my real. real so life, what what they're doing is. You get you go you go fail. Sorry, no. bring it on. It's blow, it was blown his <laughs> yeah, mind. I know, I know. Blown his mind. <laughs> Come on, tell so, me. Uh, so, what they're saying is, well, you this is your job if you complete treatment. Yeah, yeah. That, that we are paying for. 
Okay. Do you get paid while you're in treatment? I don't think that you do. <laughs> <laughs> now you're asking for a lot. I was getting ready to move to Richmond, Indiana. Right. <laughs> Got that hustle mentality. Now you're asking for a lot. So, um, yeah. So I just think it's a beautiful thing. I wow. think that like just by talking about this. I mean, and that is that freaking story. awesome. NPR, NPR.org. I just happened to be like searching around looking for stuff. So, um, let's see. Hmm. Initially, the company estimated medical treatment would average $5,000 per participant, but then it found some patients needed transportation to treatment because their driver's license were suspended and participants aren't as productive at first because they can't operate the machines until they've been drug-free for a couple of months. So they're so, actually... So it's inpatient or is it... It sounds... Uh, I think both. It depends on the okay. level of care that, that the... Uh, that the individual needs. So even like though that they've encountered additional costs than they originally like expected, they're, they're still, still they're still working with it. I mean, technically that's, that's all write-offs, man. Well, at least maybe not yeah. all of it, but I mean, just <laughs> even doing that and taking that chance, it shows, uh, it shows what kind of, you know, company they are. And, and that's, uh, that's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. it is. Right, like you said, investing in people. Yep. Because a lot of times, you know, even whenever building new treatment centers or building new recovery centers and stuff like that, people pump the brakes because of the budget. But it's like you said, investing in people. Mm-hmm. Where's your heart lay? Lie. <laughs> Justin Blackburn? Where's your heart lay? Where's your heart lay? <laughs> in bed at night? <laughs> it's about to go. On the couch watching football. <laughs> Justin, edit that, Courtney. <laughs> Justin Blackburn, I appreciate you taking the offer, man, and coming kicking it with us for a couple hours tonight. Thank you for inviting me. You got any closing words before I throw you a curveball, man? Uh, if you come out here, bring a hoodie or a light jacket. It's a little chilly in here? <laughs> it's a little bit chilly. Hey, we went from, literally, ass hooks, man. We went from sweating yes. our ass off in the studio to at Western freezing. to freezing over in here. I don't, I haven't noticed a thermostat in here. I don't see one. Do y'all see one? Uh, no? I think that's it right there. Look at that. Courtney, it's right behind me, man. Uh-huh. I could have just cranked it up. Courtney has, a, Courtney has a sweater on. She came prepared. <laughs> she learned last week yeah, after our first week here. <laughs> My nipples are hard, so I didn't bring them. <laughs> so everybody knows. Comfort in studios is a little chilly tonight. <laughs> All right, Justin Blackburn. So what I'm gonna do, man, is I'm gonna throw you a curveball, bro. What up? I got some pictures. Oh man. On my phone. What kind of pictures? I got some pictures oh, that man. I found after creeping on your Facebook page. Oh man. Ain't no way that you. What, what, what I want to do is, I want you to explain. To he likes skin right there. Want you to explain to our audience <laughs> yep. what is taking place in this picture, right? Like give them a, a, a an, an oral description of what is taking place. All right. And what was happening in your life that led up to you deciding that I'm going to take this picture and I'm going to post it on social media for all my oh, friends to man. say. Give me a little bit of the backstory. Like what all was taking right. place? What was happening? Can do. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we were in uh, Orlando, well, Kissimmee. Did I say that correctly? Yeah, Kissimmee. Uh, Kissimmee. And we uh, went to a carnival and uh, with the kids and the missus. We were taking pictures. And so I'm in front of a really big tire. Uh, and 
I got my mani pack on. That's where I was going at. Wait, that's, what? That's why I, I didn't picked, see that. That's why I picked this oh, picture. Oh, got my got my mani fanny pack. pack. That's why I picked this picture <laughs> because I am down with the fanny pack. Well, this not me. Was, I, no, well, you're a runner. How can I you used not be? to. I used I, to wear I, it when I was using it all the time. That's why I don't wear. Uh, <laughs> I wear a fanny pack. Yeah, when she I'm runs. No, yeah. I mean you can. You know, you got different pockets and all that stuff, but it can bog you down. Yeah. You know, you need yeah. just right there. It's a mm-hmm. central location. Yeah. I'm totally bothered with it. I'm totally bothered with it. I mean, I used to rock them the all the time. The man swag. Man swag. I love it, bro. I got one more picture for you, bro. Actually, I got two more. That's my daughter. Yeah, what's she, going on? She's wrestling an alligator. What? <laughs> that's regular stuff, man. A, a regular day in the that's, life that's, of Justin that's, Blackburn. That's regular stuff. Oh, so, so, uh, <laughs> so we took the vacation. It was um, very much needed. My family actually owns a timeshare down there. Um, and I've wanted to go for a couple years, but I just haven't been able to match up money and schedule, et cetera, et cetera. So we go down there. And, uh, man, I think we got there on a Friday. I think we got there on a Friday, and we kind of chillaxed that evening, and maybe a good part of the next day, maybe. But then after that, we were doing stuff pretty much every day. We hit up Alligator Park. We had a uh, chocolate factory tour thing going. Um, Hit a carnival, Legoland. Uh, We even did something else. Uh, a museum, uh, uh, military something museum, and it was all it was all just kind of in successive days. And we yeah. did have a couple uh, down days, but we went to this alligator farm. Uh, it was super cool. I mean, you got super close, or a couple mean yeah, ones. Apparently, they're super close, uh, <laughs> real yeah, close. Well, well, that one, that one. I mean, he's got the he's got the, the tape, tape around yeah. his mouth, and and I'm surprised she even went out there and did that. Um, you know, she's just not too fond of just. Any old thing, uh, and and like, she looks hey, fearless to me. Yeah, she, yeah, like she, she I, I was like, "Hey, are you gonna?" And she was gone. And she was on the alligator. <laughs> she so. seems like she likes some gators. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have to go down there, take Sambo. Yeah, throw him in there with no tape on. <laughs> <laughs> you we leave Sam alone. <laughs> Love it, man. I got a last picture, bro, right here. Family life. Yeah, uh, I don't even know. I don't even know. When that was, looks cold out. Uh, can I hold it up? Yeah, take it. Man. Let me see. Biscuit, or if you're watching, when 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 was this? I don't. I don't know. If she can see it. The camera's probably too far Biscuit. away. Biscuit. She should be able to see. There's some kids sleep. Courtney's nodding her head. Yeah, she could probably see it. Oh, I don't. I can't remember. I don't know what we were doing, but we snapped a picture and everybody was hanging out. It was a little bit chilly. Looks I'm like the kids are dozing we in the back. Uh, no, they're not dozing. They're not dozing. No, they're plotting. <laughs> okay. They're plotting on something. Scheming. Yeah. Uh, but we, yeah, I just just hanging out, just hanging out. I can't. I just can't remember exactly she, what happened. Her last comment says, "Living our best lives, bro." I think she's talking to hooks on there. Oh, who's that? Kena? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, she, what, what, what was that picture from, Biscuit? <laughs> Do you know? Let me, let me hold it up again. What, what, were we, what were we doing? Can you see it? Yeah, she's, talk, she's on there talking to Hooks about the alligator. I don't know what we were doing. Having a good time. The family's rolling along, lots of smiles, and the kids are... Oh, you already saved it, so I can't yeah. even... Where, where'd the biscuit come from? <laughs> he said, no, it's not oh, a Oh, man. Oh, man. 
<laughs> Come on now. Biscuit, can I tell them? Is she biscuit and your gravy? No. <laughs> That's a good guess, though. That's the, is that the second time that biscuits and gravy have come up in the last two weeks? When we talked about gravy that with y'all last time? I don't know. Did she say something? What she say? She said that was right after... We left Asheville. We left Asheville. Oh, oh, then it must have been... On the way to Florida. Okay. All right, well, why were we cold? It wasn't cold. What do we all have hoodies on? Can I tell them, can I tell them why I call you biscuit? Come on, it's Come on, just it go real, ahead. Yeah. It she said, go ahead. Just go ahead. So, mm, gravy. <laughs> so I got out of, uh, left the program that I was at, and uh, I hit her, I said, hey, what you doing? I said, let's hang out. She said, okay, so we hung out, and we'd been hanging out a couple of days, and, and, and uh, Biscuit, uh, she's, she's, uh, she's got a proportion size that uh, mm-hmm. is is awesome, mm-hmm. and so I said, you know, so I, you know, I was just messing with her one day. I said, hey, I said, you know, where where'd, where'd you get where'd you get that from? You know, you know, sometimes you know, cornbread or something like that. And she said, well, I don't know. I guess biscuits and gravy. <laughs> she's, a, she's a country girl, so I've been calling her biscuit ever since. That hell yeah. My boy Hooks is on there saying he, he's going to call you gravy from now on. That's what, <laughs> what he said. That made me think, though, honestly. Uh, I was in jail in Haywood County one time, and for breakfast, every morning they give you two biscuits, and they're huge biscuits. Two of them, not just one. Dang, that's so a place you, to be. You come, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, either either but, Haywood County Jail or Richmond, Indiana. You come out. <laughs> you come out pretty thick. And, and that's what all the girls used to say was them Haywood County biscuits. biscuits. And you've been running it, out, running it off for 19 months since, haven't you? Dang right. No, not 19 months. but too close. Yeah, <laughs> uh, man, y'all got any closing words for Justin Blackburn? Anybody? Anything? You're amazing. Yeah, Thank you. Thank you. I feel so very pri- privileged to have uh, spoken with you, man. This is awesome. Yes. You got it going on, bro. I'm totally gonna hit you up for some business oh. advice as we. Yes. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Can we do a tour? We, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're wanting to go mm-hmm. and tour some different places. You know, making them connections. This is this is this is how this is how it starts. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is how different pockets get formed, and then you know it gets to being bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm a part of a lot of different collaborations from different agencies, and you meet somebody, you link up. As long as you guys are focused on the same thing. Then you got somebody who's going to be right there with you for you know for whatever for reason. For whatever, so you right? Guys, yeah. You guys add me on the book. You give me a call. We can exchange numbers right after this. Um, I'd love to be a part of of the next. Uh, what 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 was that again? The recovery. The Western Regional Recovery Rally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh-huh. if there's if there's something that I can do in regards to getting that out there, or you know, throwing some ideas. Like, once once you once you shake somebody's hand it, in this field, it's kind of yeah. You guys, really, yeah. you guys are soldiers for life now. So absolutely, and this is the beginning NC. of that conversation. Yep. NC Raw family. That. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that this podcast Res Hope can do to support your efforts, man, yes. we got mm-hmm. you too. So I thank you, thank you, thank you guys for listening to NC Raw North Carolina Recovery. Always, our crew would like to thank today's musical contributors, Rival, whose work can be found by visiting. YouTube, Facebook, and SoundCloud by searching Rival727. My dog, 
Alvin Hooks. You know him? Oh, yeah. That's your boy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what up, bro? Notes, whose work can be found on SoundCloud by searching Alvin Hooks. Fire. Or All or Nothing. Fire. Music, pay, music on Facebook. All of our content is available by visiting the NC Raw pay, uh, website at www.ncraw.life. Get on there. Get on subscribe. there. Subs- subscribe to the website. Drop your email address in the little subscription box. That way, every time that we publish this episode, you will get an email oh. directly to your inbox. Oh, yeah. Regular. Um, and be sure to like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter. Twitter. We're going to close out the show with a track from your boy Notes. Do it. Fire. It's, it's called Who Am I? I'm sorry, who I am. <laughs> I'm going too fast. I'm going to close out this, this show <laughs> by my boy Notes, Who I Am. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch up with you next week. You know what I forgot? What? Are we doing a podcast on Wednesday, man? Yeah, hey, hey. <laughs> come back, come back. Hold on. Go ahead, Caleb. Where are we doing this at? <sighs> The microtail and and silver. Okay. Yeah. And so okay. I don't have it, but I'll get it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get it as soon as we get done here. That's who I was gonna call before the podcast. We got the amazing Thomas Shanahan coming down from New York City. Wow. And he's been traveling the world at different, uh, looking at different uh, programs and pathways to recovery. And so he's been a uh, su- you know a huge supporter of Race Hope and everything that we've been doing. And so he's gonna be flying down. We do a special podcast Wednesday. Mm-hmm. We don't have the time nailed down, but it's going to be... Six or seven o'clock. It'd have to be early, earlier. She can't get... She has to work, Russ. Well, he goes to bed at eight, and he's trying to... She's got to do a lead, lead a group at church at 6.30 that night. We'll work out the details. Yeah. <laughs> Wednesday. 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 <laughs> Wednesday, NC Raw. <laughs> Thank you guys for checking us yeah. out, man. We'll be back soon. Justin Blackburn's the man. Yes. Go, how do people get on Home, uh, home Center for Men on uh, Facebook? Homecenterformen.com, uh, Facebook.com slash Home Center for Men. Uh, yeah, don't know Twitter. No just Twitter. <laughs> Instagram, the Home Center for Men, all of that. Just look us up. Google us. Thank you, guys. Care what they say about me. This is what I do. This is who I am. What I want to be. I don't want to lose. I'm not going to lose. I got something to prove. What I got to prove, bruh. This is who I am. Look, I don't care what they say about me. This is what I do. This is who I am. What I want to be. I don't want to lose. I'm not going to lose. I got something to prove. What I got to prove, bruh. This is who I am. Look, in my life, I done done things. I spent time in that cell. Ain't no need to making no phone calls. Nobody made my bill. Many just me, this is my life, I ain't got time for no leader Got my pen pad and my paper, that baseball for my speakers I done time in that street, why I dedicated my life And I gave into that gunpowder, that gang banging that life And I realized in the long road in my soul, something gon' right And I found out that hard way, my boy died that night Then I started using that powder 
Mixing up that water. Next thing I know, I got three sons and a daughter. Now look, your boy knows for in it for the long haul. Came a long way from doing dope in the alley, y'all. Now I'm working like a man, thinking like a grown man. Everything I do today, building for my future, fam. I got tunnel vision, I can't fail my mission. And in my circle, all my homies, they be bout their business. And I'ma keep it pushing forward like it's fortune inches. And I'ma go and get it, that's the way I'm gonna achieve it. And they gon' talk about me, like they've been around me. Maybe once or for the time, but they forgot about me. We did time together, played ball together. Now I'm doing better, you can say whatever. Cause it's now or never. I don't care what they say about me. This is what I do. This is who I am. What I want to be. I don't want to lose. I'm not going to lose. I got something to prove. What I got to prove, bruh. This is who I am. Look, I don't care what they say about me. This is what I do. This is who I am. What I want to be. I don't want to lose. I'm not going to lose. I got something to prove. What I got to prove, bruh. This is who I am. Look, this is me, nigga. This is who I am At nights when I lay scheme on a million dollar plan But I can't let you know me It's snakes up in that land The same niggas besides you passing that blunt in their hands Trust me nigga, I know Trust me nigga, it shows Everybody turned to foes It got me clinching a fofo Thought I made it out this gutter Thought I made it out the struggle But niggas want me dead Right now, off that muscle Let me catch you, I'ma bust you Shit, you better shoot first My pistol already loaded Since before this verse So much pain up in my soul Sometimes to get back the curse Lay that pain in these words And it's the best shit you heard And lay that clip in this dome If he threatening my home Fuck that right from that road It's just the road that I'm on This the life that I chose Just never shit where you sleep Ten down with them toes Yeah, nigga, this is me what they say about me, this is what I do, this is who I am, what I want to be, I don't want to lose, I'm not going to lose, I got something to prove, what I got to prove, bro, this is who I am, look, I don't care what they say about me, this is what I do, this is who I am, what I want to be, I don't want to lose, I'm not going to lose, I got something to prove, what I got to prove, bro, this is who I am, look.